Uh, hey, everyone. It's Russ, and welcome to another episode of Women's Retirement Radio. Today, I am excited to introduce you to Lynn Cherry. So uh, Lynn and I met uh, each other online, and um, I'm excited for Lynn to join us and to share our conversation around what is the fastest growing sport, um, if not in the USA, maybe the world. Lynn, Lynn can uh, certainly address that. But uh, Lynn, welcome. Thank you. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here too. Uh, why don't Why don't we get started by you just telling us a little bit about who you are and what it is you're working on? Right. So I learned about the game of pickleball, which I had never heard of until about three years ago, and it's a wonderful sport. And you know, for those of you who are you know probably like me in their in their fifties, kind of late fifties in my case, you know, I was uh, moved to Connecticut and I. Um, from Texas. And I'm like, Oh, what the heck am I going to do? And so I found the game of pickleball through the local recreation center. And I had never heard of it before, but as Russ mentioned, it is the fastest growing sport in the USA. And so many of the people who play it are in the over 50 age group. You know, many people certainly who are retired, you know, they'll spend um, hours on the court each day just because the sport's so fun. And, you know, if you're uh, looking for something to do during retirement, you know, it's definitely a great option. And even if you're not to that point yet, like I'm not, um, it, it's still there's always a, a opportunity to play this great game. What what about pickleball specifically, Lynn, kind of drew you in? I mean, it seems like you're kind of all in on pickleball now. I know you've got the, the website um, and the podcast, uh, both called Pickleball Fire. Um, and just doing a little research and looking into your background, um, you know, you've, you've got a fairly athletic background. So um, it, I'm just curious what what appealed to you about pickleball versus maybe other activities or other sports that you know were available to you uh, after you moved from Texas to Connecticut. Right when I when I moved, I actually at the time had not been doing any court type sports because I had completely torn. Uh, a ligament in my, my knee. And actually I never really thought that I would be able to play, you know, kind of a competitive sport again, as opposed to like just walking or doing something like that. But I'm not somebody who really likes the cold at all. So the first thing I did was actually looked in, I actually looked in the, uh, at, at the recreation center to see what was available. And there was something called pickleball. And I'm like, well, what is that? I've never heard of it. So I, I Googled it and looked at it, what it was on YouTube. And I'm like, oh yeah, I think that's something that I would really enjoy. And I think I can probably go ahead and play the sport because it's on a much smaller court than say a tennis court. It's the court itself is really more the size of a racquetball court. And it's actually exactly the same size as a badminton court. And the thing about pickleball too, is it's a very social game. So, so much of when you're playing more likely, more than likely you will actually be playing doubles as opposed to singles. So definitely that's why it was very appealing to me with my knee issues. I'm like, you know, I can really have a lot of fun, again, play a sport with a ball, and it's much easier on my body. And, and that's what everybody says. I mean, that's why 
I've got friends, you know, who will start off at 6 a.m. every day and they literally play till noon. And we're talking about people who are just um, recreational players, you know, so it's it's a very appealing sport. It's very, very fun and easy on the body. And you mentioned like, uh, I think one of the fastest growing age groups that are playing pickleball is kind of the 50 plus uh, age range. Um, and you mentioned that it's a very, uh, it has the potential to be a very social activity, a very social sport. Um, but as I understand it, it, it can also be as competitive as you want it to be. Um, like I, I understand that, you know, there are tournaments and televised events and, and things like that. So I, I, I assume for those listening that maybe want to uh, use potentially use pickleball as a more competitive outlet, that's an, an option for them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many tournaments throughout, especially the U S and Canada. And nowadays there is even a professional pickleball uh, tour. In fact, there's two of them and they both started during 2020. So pickleball is actually going much more in the mainstream now since it's being televised on um, TV in fact, I think in a couple of weeks, there'll be some pickleball on the tennis channel. Interestingly enough, I'm going just to watch a tournament in the Orlando area and uh, they're going to broadcast some of it on the tennis channel, which is great. It's also been on ESPN and CBS network. And of course, every professional event is also live streamed on YouTube. So, you know, the sport, you can come into the sport and just, you know, for absolute fun, but if you're somebody who's a little bit more competitive, there's a lot of tournament opportunities and there's also a lot of leagues now popping up. Interesting. So uh, before we maybe talk a little bit more about the game, uh, could you maybe paint a little clearer picture about your involvement? I mean, clearly you're a participant, you, you play and, and enjoy it, but um, what, what motivated you to kind of get more involved and start your website and the podcast and, and, maybe share some other things that you're doing to maybe be involved and build awareness around the sport of pickleball. You know, it's really interesting. When I first started, I think it was probably literally a month after I played pickleball for the first time. I'm like, this is one of the, this is probably the greatest sport I've ever played. So I I realized that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put up a website and, you know, write some content, help bring other people to the game. And I I really didn't have a plan for the website at all. I mean, not at all, but I I did start producing content, put up some videos on YouTube and, you know, I was able to, you know, bring a lot of people to the website. And then, you know, in 2020, we had um, COVID-19 happen and I was very conservative in terms of where I went. And so actually I really didn't play any pickleball in 2020, but if you think about it, I'm stuck indoors pretty much all, the whole time in the winter here in Connecticut. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I've got lots of free time. And that's when I started the Pickleball Fire podcast. And the way I've structured the podcast is, you know, there's a lot of people who certainly want tips from the pros and other instructors and coaches. So on, on Mondays, I actually have uh, somebody like that. And when I release an episode, it's, you know, something with, you know, so you can learn more about the game, lots of instructional tips. And then there's so much going on just with the growth of the sport in general and so many things happening in the industry. 
on Thursdays, I release a podcast, which is, you know, somebody from the industry, you know, whether it's, you know, a commentator for one of the pro events or a paddle manufacturer or whatnot, that's kind of the Thursday episode. And then given the fact that there's, you know, so many people who are playing the game are over 50, I realize not a lot of at least my age group listens to podcasts. And I'm like, I have really great content that's coming in, especially from the pros and the coaches and just some really neat profiles too. So I thought, well, let me put my journalism background to use and let me start writing up, you know, articles from the podcast because there was just so much content. So that's how I started the Pickleball Fire magazine. And right now it's a digital magazine that goes out to about, 15 to 20,000 people. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's gotten some good, good traction, probably even more so than, than the podcast, but the podcast is really growing too. So, you know, as I mentioned, when I started the website, I really didn't have a specific plan or a business plan or anything like that, but uh, yeah, everything is kind of growing, growing with the sport. It was really a good time to start doing what I did when it comes to pickleball. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, and congrats on the on the growth and the and the and the big and and presumably growing audience. That's uh that's fantastic. And we'll be sure, of course, to share links to your website and podcast and digital magazine and everything in the show notes for this episode, so people can definitely reach out or you know sign up to learn more. So, um, could you? You know, clearly, as as you know, I think there's name recognition with pickleball on the sport and it's growing as, uh, as you've mentioned, I think probably more people than not are going to be familiar with it, but I think it might be helpful if you wouldn't mind just at a high level, maybe explain a little bit about the game, how it's played, what's involved, just to give people that maybe aren't familiar with the sport, a little bit more of a introduction to what's involved. If it's something they're interested in and maybe, you know, trying out. Sure. When it comes to the actual game of pickleball, it's kind of a cross between tennis, badminton, and ping pong. So if you've ever played either of those three sports, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to love pickleball. But the, the game, as I mentioned before, it is played on a smaller court. So it's uh, a lot less running, but it can be also a very fast game. And the biggest difference from, you know, some say something like tennis is that we actually do not have a racket that's strong. It's literally a, a paddle, typically about 15 by eight inches. And the game is played with a wiffle ball. So there's interestingly enough, the game kind of has a, a slow component and we'll call it a fast component. So at the net, so, well, actually, I should explain the one thing about pickleball, probably the first thing if you ever go and try and play is people will tell you about the kitchen. The kitchen is an area on both sides of the net and it's seven feet from the net. And that is an area where you cannot step in and hit the ball in that area unless the ball has bounced. And I'll tell you the reason for that rule. It was really interesting that when the game was invented, there was three families playing with their kids and they kind of wanted to level the playing field. And I guess one of the founders, he was very tall. So they didn't want him to have that advantage at the net. Like you might in tennis, if you're really tall. 
So that's why we've got the kitchen and pickleball that you have to stay out of unless the ball bounces. So if the ball's in the air, you cannot be in the kitchen hitting it. So if you're at a place on the court where you're just behind the kitchen line, a lot of times when you've got the four players at the net, the game can become very, very fast. You know, even though you're just playing with the wiffle ball, it's, it's, that's kind of the, we'll call that the fast game. And then there's also kind of what's called the slow game in pickleball, which is, you know, if you think like maybe a drop shot in uh, tennis, that's kind of a, a slower shot, you know, and that's kind of akin to uh, dinking or a third shot drop. So the game is a lot of people, you know, consider pickleball to be very much a game of strategy and it's more like chess than checkers. So there is a lot of thinking, especially at the higher level in terms of of strategy. So just a really interesting, you know, mix of a lot of different things. And uh, it's, you know, I would say the really the other thing, too, about pickleball is that people are very welcoming. You know, that's that's definitely something you'll hear. So it's really a great place to socialize, meet people. And even if you've never played a sport before, you will typically be welcomed in. Uh, of course, if you've you know done anything like a racket sport, you'll pick things up pretty darn quickly. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting, and I I'll admit I'm I'm learning alongside our listeners here. So if I understood you correctly, um, if you're in the kitchen um, within that seven feet zone on either side of the net, you basically can't volley. Um, the ball has to bounce first. Is that correct? That's exactly exactly right. But if you're behind the if you're outside the kitchen um, and you, you know, someone hits a shot at you and it hasn't bounced yet, you could volley it. Is yes. that right? Yes, okay. absolutely. You just, it, once you hit that volley, you cannot then step into the kitchen over that line. So you've got a volley completely outside of the kitchen. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. And I can imagine how that could, uh, how that could pick up the pace quite a bit. If you've got, you know, four people all up at the net, you know, keeping the ball in play like that. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds like that could be a lot of fun. Um, what you mentioned the, the paddles and things like that. If, if someone says, man, this sounds really fun. I'd, I'd love to you know give it a try or at least go watch. Um, are there any like online resources where people can find, you know, pickleball organizations or games or um, organizations in their kind of local geography? Yes, actually, on the Pickleball Fire website, I have a, a list of courts throughout the U.S. and also into Canada. So it's really easy. All you have to do is enter your city or your zip code and uh, any courts near you will pop up. And, you know, typically at this time, well, this will probably be released a little bit later, but in the summertime, almost anywhere you go play. It, you go to the courts and there'll be somewhere in the mornings. The other thing too is um, if you go in and that's actually just go to pickleballfire.com forward slash courts. You can also do a search for instructors. If you would rather, you know, get some instruction to, to learn how to play. But uh, again, you, you don't even necessarily need an instructor to go play. You just need to find a place to play. And generally people will show you, 
how to play the first time you show up. And that's exactly what, what happened to me is the first time I, I went to play, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm brand new. I don't even really know the rules. And uh, so I, I, I played with somebody, um, Paul, who uh, became a, a really, really great friend. So, yeah. So just uh, again, just go to pickleballfire.com slash instructors or slash courts, and you can definitely find places to play. Now, one other thing I should probably mention is um, the equipment. I mean, typically pickleball is played indoor or outdoors. There is indoor balls, there's outdoor balls, but probably the key thing when you first go to play is just make sure you've got a paddle. You can, you can purchase a decent paddle for 40 or $50. If you've got a family and you want to get your kids into it, then for probably a hundred dollars, you can get uh, three or four balls and four paddles. But if you're somebody who, you know, comes from a racket sports background, you might want to spend, you know, more like $50 on a paddle to get started. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to ask about the equipment because um, I'm, I'm imagining that somebody that hasn't done it before and wants to give it a try, they might want to go out and see if they could maybe rent or borrow a paddle. I don't, I don't even know if that's an option or if it's just kind of expected that you kind of show up and, and bring your own paddle um, as a first timer. In most cases, it's expected that you would bring a, a paddle. Okay. Yeah, I, I I certainly did before. I came and and just about everybody who I've seen come onto the court when they were just first starting, people pretty much always bring paddles. There aren't usually a lot of spare spare ones around. You know, somebody might have an extra one in their bag. Actually, that happened when I went to go watch the very first time. Is uh, they're like, oh, you should come in and play, and I'm like, oh no, no, because yeah, I didn't have any equipment or anything. But actually, I think in that case, somebody did pull a paddle out of their bag. But uh, yeah, if, if you can, you know, if um, just just you know, purchase one before you go. It's probably the best option. Well, even with the, I mean, uh, based on like the price ranges you just threw out, and even with the cost of a paddle, it still seems like it's a, a very accessible, inexpensive activity or inexpensive sport to get started in. Would you, would you characterize it that way? Absolutely. And what's great is, you know, even into October in most places, you'll be able to play outdoors Typically, outdoor facilities through most of the country, you know, you can play at parks and whatnot, so there's no fees. And, you know, when it turns cold here in Connecticut, I will need to move indoors. But a lot of times the um, senior centers uh, will have a gym. And uh, typically for at the senior center, there really isn't a, a cost or it's very nominal fee just to become a member of the senior center. So, that's what I do. Um, other options, a lot of YMCA's now have pickleball, and uh, some of the uh, actually a lot of the indoor tennis centers now do. Pretty much, I think anybody nowadays who has a tennis facility is uh, if they have tennis, they have pickleball, and uh, of course it gets a little bit more costly if you're having to join a club or even pay for drop in fees. And, um, you know, anytime it's indoors, it does tend to be a little bit more expensive as opposed to just playing at a park. Yeah. Well, based on everything you're sharing with us, um, I, I can't, I can't imagine that any, anyone listening to this, um, has any excuses not to go out and give it a try. If it's something they're, they're interested in and saying, it sounds very widespread and, and quickly growing and, and very accessible as you, as you explained. So, um, I, I think, uh, 
I think it's safe to say you would definitely encourage people to go out and give it a try and see if it's something they enjoy. Absolutely. And it's a very fun way to be fit. And the great thing is it's an easy sport to learn. So even if you've never really done anything like that, my, what I always say is if you can, you know, grab a wiffle ball and throw it underhanded over the net, then you can play pickleball because some of the soft game and pickleball is basically that's, that's like mimicking, you know, that dink shot. So it, that's, you know, it's, it's a great way just to get started and, um, you know, get on out there. Yeah. So you kind of discovered or stumbled into pickleball, I think you said about three years ago, um, looking back, um, through all of your experience, both playing, observing, um, writing about it, um, sharing your experience with others, um, What's something that you maybe would have done differently um, based on what you know now versus what you knew then? So, and I'm, I'm not sure there is an answer here, but I'm just curious that now that you've gotten what sounds like pretty, pretty immersed in the sport, I'm just wondering if there's anything you would have done differently as far as kind of your entry into the game or how you started playing, or, or is it a situation where you wouldn't really change anything? Honestly, I wish I would have started sooner. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, that's the key thing. I mean, it's, it's really odd because the sport was actually invented in Washington state. And I think it, I think it's popular here in Connecticut because pickleball is so crazy popular in Florida. And so since you've got all the snowbirds going back and forth here, I think that's why it really grew in the Northeast. Whereas when I left Texas in 2018, nobody was playing pickleball. In fact, I, I spoke with uh, one of the pros coaches out there, teaching pros out there in the Dallas area, which is near where I was. And he said, he said, Lynn, literally in the city of Dallas, there's four outdoor courts, like a total of four. That's it. You know, so it would, it just, it just, for whatever reason, three years ago, people were just not doing it in, in that part of the country. But now with the pandemic actually really helped the sport to grow because even the New York times called it, you know, the, the best pandemic sport to do, because it's something where if you've got, you can even play it in your driveway. I mean, you can get like a, you know, if you've got a regular size driveway, you can get a 10 foot net and you can start hitting the ball around on your driveway. You can draw, you know, chalk some lines on the court um, you know, a net, a smaller net's probably about $50. If you want like a full regulation size net, it's about a hundred dollars if you've got the room. But I think that's really led to so much of the boom because the sport grew about 20% in 2020. And a, a lot of that people attribute to the pandemic. Interesting. And it's so funny when I, uh, when I have the opportunity to ask someone a question like that, like, what would you have done differently? Um, almost inevitably the folks that really love what they're doing. So they wish they would have started sooner. So uh, I think if, I think if uh, nothing else you share with us today uh, is an indicator that certainly uh, that certainly tells us you've, you've found something you really love and and are passionate about, which is, which is fantastic. Um, Part of my work with women as they're getting ready to retire, transition into kind of that next chapter of life. um, I always try to emphasize that it's it's very important um, to think very holistically about your 
your wealth, your life. And, and it's not just a, a financial perspective, but also thinking about your, your fitness, your health, uh, your activity levels and things like this. And I can't, I can't help but think, um, having spoken with you, Lynn, and, and having you shared about pickleball and um, how accessible and um, easy and fun it is to play, um, I can't help but think what a great fit it could be for a lot of women out there that are maybe thinking, all right, well, now if I'm, if I'm retiring from work or if my kids are now up and out of the house, for example, and I've got more time on my hands, what a great way to spend your time, uh, stay a little bit more active, meet some new people, kind of maybe develop some new, uh, some new social groups um, that maybe you lose if, if you're giving up full-time work, for example. So have you, uh, in, your, uh, in your play and in your writing and discussions with people in and around pickleball, I'm curious, um, you've, you've said a couple of times that kind of one of the fastest growing age groups playing pickleball is the 50 plus age range. Have you seen it be a little bit more favored towards women versus men, or is it, is it a pretty healthy mix of the two? It is actually a very healthy mix. In fact, I came from a sport which was racquetball, and that was a sport where it was really male-dominated. Pickleball is, is totally different. It, it is definitely more 50-50. I, I think certainly in the older age group above 50, it's probably pretty close to being a split. So it's, it's, you know, sometimes I go to the courts and there's way more women than, than men today. It was a pretty even split, but I remember one day last week, it was, you know, probably 60% women, maybe 70%. Interesting. And how, just out of curiosity, how often are you, how often are you out on the pickleball court? <laughs> Well, until recently, I didn't get nearly as much chance to play because I was working my full-time corporate job, you know, kind of those nine to five type hours. But just last month, I decided to uh, quit my job by no means retiring. Actually, I really enjoy working, but I I just decided that I was ready to do something else after kind of doing the same thing for six and a half years. And, you know, one of the things I did want to do was to focus a little bit more not necessarily on playing pickleball, but on the website magazine podcast. So now I probably play four or five times a week. I'm somebody who I I like my game to improve and I I like to drill. So typically I'll play competitively one day and then I'll drill the next day and kind of alternate. This week was a little bit unusual because we're expecting bad weather uh, two days in the week, Wednesday and Thursday. So this week I did did actually go play competitive, competitively for two days. But one of the things that, uh, you know, I've kind of had to work up to is going from playing, you know, maybe twice a week for an hour and a half at a time to playing, you know, four or five days, you know, for two hours at a time or more. So I've, I've kind of worked myself, you know, into that level over the last couple of months. Yeah, well, well, hey, congratulations! It sounds like a, a big, a big change, a big decision to kind of move away from your current full time gig, um, and you know wherever you land next, um, you know it's it, it's it sounds kind of cool that you're you've got more time to spend doing something you love, which is you know which is both playing pickleball, but I'm sure that also frees up more time for you to you know write and put out the the magazine and work on the podcast and the website. So uh, I'm that sounds fantastic. I'm I'm, I'm happy for you, and I'll be. Be interested to see where you're, uh, where you, where you head, uh, head next. Uh, now that you've, uh, 
left your full-time work for, for the time being. Um, Lynn, we've covered a lot. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you or anything that we didn't touch on that you think is important for our listeners to know either about you or just about the sport of pickleball in general? You know, what I would just say overall is, uh, you know, if, if you can, you know, get up off the couch and, and just go try it. Just about everybody I talked to says the first time they played the sport, uh, you know, they just loved it and they become addicted to it. So give it a, give it a try. Like I said, you can go to the pickleballfire.com website to learn more just about everything about pickleball. Uh, so I, I hope you can get out there and enjoy it like so many other people are. Well, I think that's a great place to you know wrap up our conversation. And as I mentioned earlier, we'll be sure to include links to your website, the podcast, the digital magazine. Um, we'll even be sure to highlight the the instructor and the court uh, directory that you've uh, the links to those you've set up on your website as well. And uh, Lynn, I just want to say thank you. I'm I'm I, I consider myself lucky that uh, we connected recently and decided to make time to have this conversation and share with our listeners uh, more about you and more about the the sport of pickleball, which clearly, uh, clearly you love and it's had a great impact on your life. So I'm, I'm really excited that we could have this conversation today. Well, thanks so much. I really enjoyed being on. Yeah, me too. And uh, everyone out there listening, thank you again. This is Russ from Women's Retirement Radio, and we'll look forward to catching up with you on our next episode. It's Russ again. And before you go, I want to provide a brief disclosure. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of return are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. I'm a financial advisor and an investment advisor representative of Wealthcare Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor based in Richmond, Virginia. The views discussed in this podcast are my own and may not be consistent with or represent those of Wealthcare Capital Management.